Welcome to Women Winning Divorce. I am your host, Heather Quick. I am an attorney, entrepreneur, author, and founder of Florida Women's Law Group, the only divorce firm for women by women. I love thinking big, thinking outside the box, creating creative solutions for women and empowering women to win in all aspects of their life. Our approach at Florida Women's Law Group is to provide women with a strategy to not only achieve their objectives, but win at life. I believe that what may show up as adversity is simply an opportunity to change and improve your life. In each episode, I sit down with innovative professionals and leaders who are focused on how you can be your best self before, during, and after divorce. In these conversations, we are looking at how women can win at life. I have the unique opportunity to meet women when they are at a transition period of life, but that is only the beginning to becoming your best self and winning at life on your terms. With our guests, we enjoy the opportunity to explore ways all women can win and enhance their life, no matter where they are in their journey, because divorce is just a point in life, not the end and not what defines you, rather a catalyst for your growth. Welcome to this week's episode of Women Winning Divorce. I'm Heather Quick, owner and attorney at Florida Women's Law Group. Today, I am joined by Alyssa Panett, the divorce reporter, host of the Divorce Hour radio show and podcast, and divorce journalist. So, so much to unpack within that that I'm very excited and can't wait to hear more about Alyssa, but Alyssa, you didn't start your career doing divorce content, though, so can you please, like, help me and our readers understand, like, what you started out doing and how you got to be doing these really cool things? Well, I really was doing celebrity journalism uh, for a very long time, so any red carpet, any world premiere, anywhere where there was a celebrity, I was probably right there front and center, Uh, but then in 2018, when I filed for a divorce, I was very confused by the whole process. So I did what pretty much everybody does nowadays when we need information. I went to Google and that was no help. That just made the process that much worse because there was too many options. And so finally, uh, during COVID, when my divorce was still going on, I was working from home. And when I was working from home, now I was back in news because the world basically shut down. There was no entertainment. Um, I was still searching for information. And so as I was like taking notes for for a story I was working on, I heard the TV because I had it on. I was monitoring something say, let's go to our transportation correspondent. Let's go to the education correspondent. And I went, duh, how did I not just go to the divorce correspondent to just get what I needed? But there wasn't one. And no matter how many times I turned on the television or went back to Google to search divorce journalist, divorce correspondent, nothing ever came up. And so divorce is not only a great time to reinvent yourself, but so too was the pandemic where a lot of people did just that because they lost their jobs. And so I figured, why not? I just took everything on my desk and went right on the floor and I just started it from scratch. Well, that that is fascinating. And I think there's going to be just so much to unpack there because you're right on the lack of content. We, um, or like what to do, what to expect, which is what we're going to talk about today, because really it's so, it can be so foreign. It is for most people. And, you know, that's what we're going to talk about today, what to expect, you know, when you're getting ready for a divorce and it's going to be, or when you're going through a divorce and 
you know, Alyssa, this is a great topic because one of our, our probably our most viewed, most listened to episode is preparing for divorce. And so there are so many women out there, and I say women because it's women winning divorce, and that's who we're catering to. However, um, I don't know who all is listening to it, but I'm pretty sure it's mostly women, and they want to know, you know, what what is going to happen? How do I prepare? So this is a great topic because you, with personal experience, but then also adding on to it what you've now created as a career, have a lot um, to offer our listeners, I know, and from a different perspective because you went through it and now you you know, are looking at all the others who um, have gone through it. And that is different perspective than from the legal perspective. And the legal side is very overwhelming, I know, for so many women. So many women. And and I, I always say for so many people, we reach an everybody audience, but yes, we do get so many women. And I always tell my guests, whether it's in my column or or in my show, especially attorneys, don't talk to me in lawyer terms. Talk to me in English. And I say that for a couple of reasons. One, I'm a journalist. My job is to always talk to an everybody audience. So when you watch, uh, let's say, the news or you're reading something, you want the person who's either on camera or on the radio or just writing content to talk to you, not above you, not beneath you, but to you. Why? You will you will be more engaged. You will retain the information. And that's what I am trying to do. I'm trying to get people educated. And it's the same thing when people uh, come on the air or, again, they're featured in the column. A lot of our audience are people going through it. They're broken. They're sad. They're confused. They're frustrated. We need to get through to them. You cannot talk above them because what's going to happen is they're going to feel like, you know, you're talking to them in another language. And I say that because I remember the first time I was in court and the judge looked at me and he's like, do you understand what's going on here? And I was given permission to speak. I said, no, I don't know what language you're speaking in. I don't know if it's German. I don't know. I don't know if it's it's Spanish, it's French. I, I don't know what you're taught, what you're saying. And so he's like, take a minute with your counsel. And I'm like, what are you trying to ask me? You're asking me to make permanent decisions, but I don't know what you're asking. Talk to me. And that is so important that we always keep that theme is really talking to people. So let's say, for example, we were interviewing you and you said, well, you know, Alyssa, people can't afford an attorney. They can go pro se. If we tell you what pro se means, represent yourself, and somebody is sitting there and trying to weigh all their options and somebody says that to them, Instead of sitting like this, they're going to sit up like this and their back is going to be all straight because they're going to be like, I know what that means. I learned what that means. Okay, I think I could do this. I got it. And the more we can teach people what these terms mean, whether it's on the legal side or the financial side or, or any other uh, area that, that you know can happen during a divorce, people are going to do just that. Sit up straight. They're going to be more confident. If they are confident, they're going to feel self-empowered. If they have those, those two things, they can make the right decisions for their family. I, I agree uh, 100%. And it's, it's very, um, it's challenging. I know for many attorneys, I, I have a team of attorneys and, you know, fortunately I have the ability to talk to people and explain in plain English what's going on. But many attorneys don't, and and that's something that we um, we work on here a lot. And then also, you got to follow up because I think that even when you do explain, 
as best you can, you know, in, in not legal jargon to the extent you can remove anything that sounds confusing. But when we're talking about force, um, there's it's a stressful, confusing, and overwhelming time. And so very often, uh, my experience has been that clients sometimes only hear 25% of what you're saying at any given time because it's just so much and there's so much emotion. So it is important to reiterate it, talk about it again, and for clients and for you know for us, for women to feel as though they can ask again, um, I encourage you know, people to take notes and before they get to the meeting because so that they don't get um, off track and, and their questions are answered and during because I, um, it, it's just something I've done forever. You know, I listen better when I take notes. I always take notes uh, to help me stay focused on the conversation. And I think that can help as well, but we're getting kind of off a little bit. Um, could you explain something to our listeners, which I mean, you, you gave us a little bit of uh, insight as to what happened when you're in front of a judge, but you know, you it sounds like you went through a rather complicated divorce, took some time, maybe some some various lawyers. Um, could you share with our listeners maybe something you didn't expect to see or, or something that was unexpected about that? Yes. Um, I would say one, I did not know the first thing about divorce. I just thought you got an attorney. And everybody sits down and they just kind of work things out. I wasn't prepared for how my first attorney, my situation was way above them. They were really green in the area of what was called a contentious divorce. And then I went to a second one uh, who gave me a lot of bad advice. And I, 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 I didn't know how to find the right people. I didn't know the right questions to ask. Um, I think one of the most important questions people need uh, to always ask a potential uh, lawyer is, first of all, what kind of experience do you have and describe your situation? They may say, this isn't my background, but this is my colleagues. Or you know what? I just tried a case with somebody else and this may be more well-suited for them. And you have to really understand your case. And that can be how old your children are, and the money, the money, the money. I did not understand why that was such an important component. And making sure a lot of attorneys now have become CDFA, Certified certified Divorce Financial Analysts, because that's what divorce boils down to, is depending on where you live, whether it's an equitable distribution state or community property, it's going to be who gets what. And regardless of where you are, it's going to be what the law says, what the law dictates. And so you really have to have an understanding of that and make sure that the person you are going to retain, who is your advocate, knows how to do that for your situation. So if somebody does mediation and collaborative and you're into and you're involved in a litigated case, they may not be right for you. And then again, when people hear the pit bull and the tiger shark, well, if you and your spouse are very amicable, you don't need to go that route either because everybody's willing to sit down and be open and just kind of work things out and be able to move forward. So it's really understanding your situation and then finding the right person. And the other thing I think I made a very big mistake on is just asking people, who'd you use? Who'd you use? Should I call them? Well, their situation might have not been my situation. And so that's a mistake. So it's really it's, it's really understanding what it is you're up against 
and then sort of sifting through there. There are so many great resources, even free resources, where you can start weeding through who people are. Um, one of the most important questions also to ask is what's your strategy to settling this matter? And I always tell people use the word strategy. Find out if you explain your situation to this person, like how are we going to get to how are we getting to the end? Um, it's really, really important. People think then they have a very bad perception. Lawyers only want my money. Well, again, you know, that's something that we talk about. There's ways you can keep your legal bills down. But again, finding out that this person has a, a, a way for you to get to where it is you want to go, which is the end. So you can get on with your life and making sure that they explain that to you. And I love what you said before about asking questions a lot. I think I must have asked my attorney the uh, same question a thousand times, a thousand times. Why? I didn't understand. My mind was in a state of inertia from the emotional, the mental. I mean, there was just so many things going on. And one thing that I always did is I always brought somebody into the meeting with me, like a confidant, like a parent, uh, somebody who is a part of my support system who can see this a little bit different. So if I didn't remember anything, I had somebody there also taking notes who may have jotted down some things I just overlooked or maybe I was too upset to write at that moment. And that way we can go back and we can look at our notes together. And so I always try to tell people like, you know, family members, whether it's a sibling or a parent could be somebody great to bring in there. They really have your back and they are gonna hear things that you may not be able to. And no question is off limits. And I love that you said that because people are sometimes scared to ask, don't be scared. This is your life, you need to know. Well, and you know, you you said a couple things, and um, just uh, not that this show, but I am a lawyer, so I have to. Uh, I don't give legal advice on the show at all, but you know, for our listeners, um, I think it's wonderful. I agree with the list that you have to have support systems. Depending on what state you're in, uh, you have different confidentiality uh, privileges and rules, and so therefore, um, to assume it is in your best interest to have another person in your conversations with their lawyer, which would then remove that privilege, which there aren't many privileges, is, is something that I don't advise as a blanket statement. Um, support is good, and there are ways to work through with support, um, and, and, and we can get into that, but the support is important. However, um, it very often, sometimes that uh, can go awry if you're, if you're really not, you know, talking to your attorney and understanding why not. Why, why, you know, many times, and just to say that, you know, I'll have a conversation with a client. Our team will have a conversation and I'll let them know, I know you want your mom in here, but we're, we need to talk first. Our conversation is confidential. And then if she comes in and you waive right. your confidentiality for me to answer her questions, I might, I, I may do that. And there may be things at times when that is appropriate, but um, as a blanket statement, you know, having that confidentiality uh, with your attorney is, is very, very important yes. um, for, for anybody. But I also want to touch on, you know, the, the emotional aspect, um, which is where most, you know, most clients are at the very beginning, of course. And, and I think that um, I appreciate uh, where you are, Alyssa, on understanding what kind of case you have. And what you want, um, 
And I'd like to, we're, we're going to take a break in a minute, um, but this will be something for our, you know, listeners to think about because not everybody knows at the very beginning. And I think we could touch, we could talk about that a bit. Um, now, uh, my experience is the lawyer knows because all we have to do is ask you a few questions and we could probably tell you what we see happening without knowing the other side or maybe knowing who they hired, because that can tell you a lot. Just like you were saying, Alyssa, you hire somebody who has a reputation of just, you know, arguing, litigating, just very disagreeable all the time. But you're like, no, but we get along and we have an agreement. It may not be what you think or, you know, things because obviously the attorneys have the reputation, right, Alyssa? And it sends a different message to your spouse. Yes, but there, you know, I always try to tell people that there's always going to be a bad apple in any industry. You cannot blame all the attorneys uh, for the horror stories that you've that you may have heard from other people. That's you, you can't blame everybody. What you just have to do is your homework. And I always say this is going to be the most intimate relationship you have in that you have to disclose everything to them. Again, they are your advocate. They have to know everything so they can protect you. So no topic is off limits. They've probably heard it all. They all write these amazing books and shows and everything are written on experiences that, that they've been through. But you have to have that comfort with them. And you have to be really confident that this person is the right person for you in this situation. And I call it dating. You may have to meet a few different people until you find the one that you click with. But again, this is such a special relationship and it has to be one you are so comfortable with. You should not be afraid of your attorney. You should not be ashamed to talk to your attorney or intimidated. You shouldn't like nothing. It should be something very open and very safe because that's what this person is here to do. Protect you and protect your children. Um, that is a great place to take a break, but yeah, I agree 100% trust that that's part of that relationship because this is somebody who's going to guide you and, and you've got to trust that they, they have asked you the right questions and they are at least attempting through their strategy to get you where you want to be. Um, but we're going to take a short break and we'll be right back. Um, and in this time, listeners, take a moment to leave us a review so that other women can, other women can find us here at Women Winning Force. We'll be right back. All right, we are back. And again, today I'm joined by Alyssa Panitz and we are going to be sharing some tips on being prepared for filing a dissolution of marriage case, which is also known as a divorce. Um, so this is where, um, this is gonna be an interesting conversation because this is what was in the title and how to prepare and some tips, um, you know, for our listeners. So, um, you know, Alyssa, what are some of your top one or two things that you really think everybody should really know and in, in to prepare or to do? No, your money. Really? No, this is where, and listen, I was one of them. So I say this, but this is where 90% of all women fall short. And when they get angry, like he got everything. I thought it was, I'm like, well, did you understand what you have? Did you understand if there was debt? Did you do a title search on the house? Did you know what credit cards you have, where you bank, who your financial planner is? Did you really look at your taxes? If you both you know, signed uh, them together and filed jointly. So when people say to me, 
And I get these calls all the time. My spouse and I, especially women, my husband and I, we're going to go get divorced. I need an attorney. I said, no, what you need is you need your accountant. You need your financial planner. And I'm like, no, understand why. Because such a large component of a divorce is the money. And they have to understand what you have. If you send them on a wild goose chase, you're going to get a bill that is going to make your jaw drop. And it's probably more than you made in a year. So go in there and really understand. Help them help you. I mean, that's really what it boils down to. Say, these are the credit cards. Here's our bank statements. This is our house. We have XYZ on the mortgage. Do you buy or lease your cars? How much do you spend a month on? And I mean, everything, food, dry cleaning, the household expenses, activities for your kids. It sounds so tedious, but you doing all this homework ahead of time will save you so much money with the legal bills. Because then what will happen is your attorney will kind of gauge everything, again, depending on if you live in an equitable distribution state or community property state, and that will help them start to work on your case. So instead of staying back here, you may be all the way over here by now, and you're just getting started. So really take the time to do this. And people will say, well, how do I find it? I'm like, well, that's easy. One, you can go through the mail and you and there's even this great app through the U.S. Postal Service where you can and it's free. And I know money's tight during a divorce. You can see the mail that comes into your house. So if your spouse tends to get it before you grab the app, you sign up. I do it all the time and you can see the mail that's coming in. And that way you can get a jump start on the bills. If your name is on it, you can probably Go on to the website and you can get um, access to an account, an online account, which again, is everything that's coming in the mail. If you're on the house, do a title search. Find out if the house is where, you know, if the house has been paid off. Are there any liens um, on the property? Anything and everything you can do to help yourself. If you drive cars, especially if they're leased, call the place. So let's say you drive um, a Mercedes you know, call Mercedes and say, you know what? I can't seem to find the paperwork. Can you tell me how much I pay a month on, you know, uh, the lease? All these little things really do help. And once you have a handle on your money and the finances, then again, we're going to go back to what I said before, what kind of a divorce are you having? And then we're going to find the right person for you. And then you're going to go in there with all your financials and it is going to be a game changer. Um, And so I tell people, don't worry so much about the attorney. The money, the money, the money, really understand it. Um, people just people just don't. And and this is really where a lot of women fall short. I agree. It's um it is, it's so important. And it is about the money, uh, ladies, it is. Um, and you can say, well, it's about the kids, it's about being there, but at the end of the day, it's also about the money because that's what it takes to put gas in the car, to pay for the car, to yeah. pay for the house, to pay for everything. And to know what is there or what's not there. And I think that many women are scared and they are really afraid to know the truth. But this is a good thing. Because sometimes we've got, I mean, our job as attorneys and, and you know, my philosophy is, you know, we're, if, if we can have a trusting, honest relationship, I am going to tell you the truth and, and you may not like it. I am the delivery sometimes of information that I've received you didn't know, but we have to deal with the reality. And and then usually there's more than one option. There's lots of different options, generally speaking, um, to deal with things. But 
knowing, and I mean, I would say the number one easiest thing that everybody can do is get your credit report. And that's a great place to start if you're feeling completely overwhelmed. Alyssa had a great list. And that would be very, very thankful, all the members of our team, if we had clients who came in with all of that information and knowledge. And yes, it would, and it would save time. We can't get back our time um, in gathering the documents. But then it also, which I think is, I'm certain why you, you say you got you need to understand about the money. You need to know what's going on because now we're talking in reality. And now we're talking in what exists and, and what I think sometimes you find is, ooh, these are not as great as I thought, right? I thought we had all this money coming in, but it all goes out. And maybe we're not going to be able to live in this manner that we are. Uh, maybe there's debt or maybe there's, you know, tons of money there. and We're going to be fine. But regardless, yeah, God, I know. And I think that's wonderful, wonderful advice, Alyssa, because taking that first step too, right, for the women who feel overwhelmed, feel like they really don't understand, it should start taking those steps to empower and educate themselves on what's there. It goes a long way in the whole process, don't you think? Absolutely. And, you know, there's some people who also have to hire forensic accountants, and I had to do that. And I love what you said. Most people don't want to know the truth. Yes, you do. Why? Because that may be marital waste. And guess what? You're entitled to, at least depending where you live, you may be entitled to at least half of that. So let's just go on the make believe your husband had a girlfriend or was like, you know, doing things on the side that they shouldn't have. And the forensic accountants found that, you know, your spouse spent, let's just say roughly $100,000. Well, guess what? Depending where you live, and again, you have to consult your attorney, that may be marital waste. So if you want to get the last lap, $100,000 may now cost your husband like 150. And guess what? That 50 could be going to you and your children. So you do want to know. I mean, people say you don't want to know. I'm like, yes, you do for a lot of reasons. One, you need closure. Two, it does help you in terms of getting through this. And this is, you know, you're going to have to navigate a lot. And this is going to be a very tricky maze. You may like hit some dead ends. You, you, you may like bump your head because you're like, oh, wait, I didn't see that wall there, that obstacle. But the bottom line is you need to know. And it's like, yes, you can handle the truth. It will make you stronger. It will make you better. These are all learning experiences that are going to carry over into what a lot of people say is your next chapter. So you can make smarter decisions going forward. You can get this education you might have not had before. So Yes, you do want to know. Uh, people say, yeah, but there is no but. There's a paper trail for everything. You really do need to take the time. And while you're learning this, and it may not be pretty, get a support system. Talk to a therapist. Talk to a social worker. Find some friends that have maybe been through something similar to what you've been through. You know, have people there that are really going to understand how to support you during this difficult time. But the beauty of it all, this is all temporary. This is not going to define you. This is not going to last forever. You will get and move into greener pastures, maybe not today or next week, but you will. And if you don't want to feel, because I'm sure you've heard that from your clients a lot, I don't want to get screwed. Well, you won't if you get educated. And again, it may be things you don't want to see, but you have to see. 
And again, you will make smarter decisions as you proceed forward. You'll know what to look for. You'll say, oh, that was, a, wait, that was a red flag. How did I not see that? And again, then your future will not have to look exactly like your past. And like you said, women become very empowered. Once you kind of get through the, oh my God, I don't want to do this. This is going to be uncomfortable. And then you kind of get on this new path and you're like, how did I not know this? Wait, I can have this. Again, you're going to start to feel empowered. Again, the back, it's going to be straight. You're going to feel confident. And, and there's something very freeing about that. It's how you can move forward, I think, by doing that. Now, I've got to ask, because Alyssa, I'm sure our listeners, because um, you're not an attorney, right? You're a journalist. I am not an attorney. I, am, I tell people that all the time. I'm not a JD, a PhD, a CPA, or a CDFA. I'm just your only divorce journalist. I'm your GPS. I am your ways. I'm guiding you through this with exclusive well, and content. And that's what I want to ask you, because I want our listeners to know, how have you become that person? Because you are very knowledgeable and it's more than just your own experience um, to do that. So I think that'll help them understand how you've come to, you know, these, these opinions, these advice. You know, I'm sure you've interviewed lots of people and lots of individuals through this on, you know, who had good results, bad results, attorneys, financial professionals. Just share with us that because you're very insightful and you have a lot of experience. And I want our listeners just to really understand the breadth of that. No, thank you. So it is a combination of just that. I've always been a journalist. So I've always been curious. I've always been the person who asks a million questions. And yes, I've gone through it. Sometimes I'm out with friends and somebody will say something and they'll start sharing information. I start writing notes down and my friends will joke that my column or my episode, I'm like, you could be both. I don't want <laughs> you. I just want your information because how many other people might be going through what you are experiencing right now? And then I go on the hunt, like I've always done, and I find the right experts to help tell that story. And a lot of times with my experts, when I'm interviewing them, I will like, I will sometimes say, okay, let's, 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 let's talk in a way that everybody can understand. How do we take this? And sometimes I might say, oh, we could say it this way too. Because again, if somebody is going through this and doesn't understand it, we want our experts to be able to connect with them. And what happens is people then start finding their teams. Experts start saying, you know what? I could use an expert where that person is based. Can you put me in touch with them? And you know, this, this whole beautiful thing starts happening. People feel like they're smarter. I've, a lot of times attorneys say, I can tell if people have been listening to your show or reading your column because people come in with questions. And I'm like, they must be listening to Alyssa. So even if let's say, I was listening to the show. I might say to you, I know you're in Florida, but this attorney in New York said this. How does it apply to me here in Florida? How does it apply to my case? It makes me a smarter client. And that's what we want people to do. Divorce, when you're going through it, you feel very vulnerable. You don't understand it. All these people are coming into your lives. You know, attorneys, financial people, mental health. Some kids may need attorneys. You have judges. People get custody evaluators. And you're just like, wait, what's going on here? And it's like, again, we have probably, I always say there's not an app for that, but we do have an expert for that. So <laughs> I, like I that. say it all the time, you know, people, cause I love that thing. There's an app for that. I'm like, yeah, forget the apps. I'm like, I got an expert for that. So whether it's coming from things that have happened maybe to me, to my friends, to people I know, 
I pull things from the news. So because I come from celebrity, we may look at a celebrity divorce and then we may interview experts. And we will say all the time, look, even though the case is happening here and you're based here, what is the law? How do the courts look onto a situation that's trending right now in the news? And again, it helps people say, oh my God, that is my situation. Okay, this is great to know. I didn't realize these were my rights. I didn't realize I needed this. I didn't realize I should be looking for this. And it gets people, hopefully, like I, like we have said before, more empowered about their situation. And the feedback has just been amazing since we started this. And so even, it's funny, even my mom divides her time between you know New York and Florida. And in Florida, she plays tennis. And she called me one day and she's like, Lissy, all my friends are like listening to your show and reading your column. And I said, why? Because all their kids are going through a divorce and they needed to understand what was happening because they were that support system for their children and the grandchildren. And they got very educated because they felt they really could understand based on the way we were conveying the information. And that's really important to me that if we are helping people going through this and even the, the, the friends and the family and the kids, that to me is, is the best gift anybody can give me. And I know that the work that we're doing, we're just getting started. Divorce is never going away. But I do not um, believe that it is. But we are going to take a short break. Um, and so we will be back. Um, and we will, we're going to talk about a few more things. Uh, when we get back, we're going to talk about children and timeline and process and give you some information on how to even prepare for the timeline. Because that sometimes is, you know, a little bit shocking. Uh, so we will be right back with that. And if you're listening, please subscribe so that you will never miss an episode of Women Winning Divorce. And we will be right back. All right, we are back from our last break. And again, today I am joined by Alyssa Panitz. And we're here discussing all things divorce, but basically the beginning and preparing for divorce, um, because that can make such a difference in your experience. Uh, is your preparation, as with really anything we undertake, uh, the preparation um, can look differently for everybody. But you know, as we are finishing up, I said we talked a little bit about timeline. So, Alyssa, what what advice do you give your listeners, and what things do you talk about on the overall timeline? Because that can be extremely different uh, depending on what state you're on, because every state is different. Some states are uh, make things take much, much longer. So what, what kind of advice do you give your listeners and, and readers on that? So when it comes time to anything like the stuff, I always tell, and this also is going to go into the kids. I always say, make three columns. What are the things you want? What are the things you know your spouse is going to want? And what are going to be the things you, you guys may have to go a little bit back and forth or you can compromise on that? You're okay if they get it, you know, kind of thing. And again, it, it helps streamline the process a lot. So if one person has to move out, if you're going to have to move, uh, sell the marital residence, it's what is it that you want? Do you really love the couch? Can they take the bed? Do you really want that painting hanging near the dining room table? And can they take that lighting fixture that you had custom made for the entranceway? Like start making lists to move things along. And the same goes true, you know, when it comes time to making a parenting plan or a time sharing plan with the children. Are there certain holidays that, you know, that you would prefer that you want first? And I always say, make sure it's 50-50. This is about the kids. It's not about the two of you hating each other. 
I know a lot of people do odd and even years. So if for some reason you have to have Thanksgiving coming up this year and it's an odd year, say, can I take the odd years for Thanksgiving? Then you know what? You can have the odd years for, you know, Christmas or New Year's or, you know, Valentine's Day. I mean, there, there's so many different holidays that kids have off uh, from break and then switch it. You know, when it comes time to the even years, look at things that not only work well for you, but most importantly for the children. Make sure that you keep the playing field as even as possible, because when it comes time for the children, they want to be with both of you. So I always say, keep making lists or and in those lists, you're going to break it up into the three columns, your column, his column and what everybody can compromise on. It makes the whole process go a lot more smoothly. That really hit on a lot of things that um, I wanted to talk about. So let me try to break that down. When do you have advice for, you know, for your listeners on how they can prepare for how long it's going to take? I don't practice in New York, uh, so I don't know how long it takes in New York. I can give estimates on an approximate time it's going to take here in Florida. Um, but I think that's an important thing for people to know, because again, setting your expectations is really part of the preparation, uh, if you ask me, because you need to know what, if you don't, I think usually when you don't know what you don't know, when you've never been in this, in this thing, you don't know. And you might think, well, I don't know. It seems like we're in agreement on most things, you know, this should be over and, you know, two months or so, but you know, if you're in North Carolina, for instance, no, no, you got to move out and live separate for a full year before you can even file. So that would be a shock to, oh, wow, I didn't know that. Um, I'm sure you've come across that, listen, all your research and talking with individuals on how to understand really how long this is going to take. Yeah. And I, as you know, from being an experienced attorney, there there's so many different answers to that. There are some people who can wrap this up quickly. There are some where it drags on for years. And I do know somebody whose case is going on over eight years and which sounds crazy, but it really all depends on the two of you. I, that's where it starts and ends. If you're both going to cooperate, you could move this thing along very quickly. You will save a lot of time and a lot of money. But if you're both going to fight over every little thing and make everything a big production, that's going to slow things down and it's going to be a lot more expensive. So in terms of the living situation, which you've talked about, if you both are amicable, and I know right now with inflation at a 40-year high and interest rates what they are, and it's not so easy to get a mortgage for some people, a lot of people do a nesting situation. And that can work for some people. It may not work for, you know, for others. But um, that's where, you know, let's say mom lives there on XYZ days, dad lives somewhere else, and then they switch. Dad comes and uh, lives there, mom goes somewhere else. The whole focus is for some people, it's more cost efficient. And of course, the most important thing, as we discussed before, it keeps the children in their home. And um, so have you heard that? I, I, I have, I'm sorry to interrupt, but I have to, because I want to know, since you brought that up, is that something that you have come across a lot? I have people who have tried it and it doesn't work. And I know one case of a woman in New Jersey and it's worked for she and her husband for years. But they're very amicable and everybody's been, as according to her, following the rules. So, and I again, think sometimes maybe that's just on a temporary basis too, right? Like not for years, but sometimes it's just what you got to do to get through the process when there's all this change going on. 
Um, would you agree with that? Again, I think it goes back to the two players involved. I know people who have done it for years. I know people who, you know, it lasted for a very brief time and then everybody went their, their separate ways. So it really depends on the two people uh, that are involved in this situation. So I think personally, and it's just my personal opinion, it does not mean that other people will agree, but I think it's very healthy for parent A to live one place and parent B to live in another place. And I think once you kind of get your footing and, and get your balance, because you may be a little wobbly at first, because it is a shock uh, to, to live in a new place and maybe the kids are with the other side and you're kind of by yourself after X amount of time, but it also gives people the opportunity to start and rebuild their life. And a hashtag that I use all the time is build back better. And when you look happy, and your head is healthy and the rest of your body will be healthy. That's very healthy for your children to see. And because they do, they want everybody, they want both parents to be happy. Kids will feed off of that. Kids will learn from that. You know, life is not always fair and tragedy happens every day around us. And it's how we deal with the situation in front of us that we will then teach our children. So when they are faced with obstacles as they get older, they know, and I'm going to go back to that word again, how to navigate and 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 get through it as best they can. So uh, I always say that when I uh, when I got my own place after we sold the marital residence, I turned it into a fun experience for my kids. I was like, well, we're gonna need stuff. And they love watching all those shows. I said, why don't you guys go find us stuff? Like you guys can decorate. How do you see your room? How do you want your room to look? You know what? We need a new kitchen table. What do you think would look good here? And we turned it into a whole experience where they felt so much a part of it. They felt like so empowered, like they got to do this and they got to do that. And you turn a negative into a positive. Is it a little bit of a shift? It's a little bit of a shift, but it's it's how we uh, it's how we sort of like become the line leaders and we take them through it. And I think also, and again, this is just my opinion. I think if everybody's in the same house, I've heard some people say it gave their children false expectations or hopes that the parents would get back together because maybe everybody's going to have dinner together. Maybe somebody comes home. There's a little bit of an overflow. And, you know, I know somebody else said that's when they knew we, we, we should just sell and everybody should just kind of go their separate ways. So no, it, it, it's also different. At the end of the day, you know, you've talked a lot about um, agreeing and, you know, trying to make things work. And I think when that is possible, it's the best solution. It's, it's not always possible um, because obviously you're getting divorced. There's a reason, communication issues. Not everyone can do that. But at the end of the day, if you can get past the feelings and the hurt and all that, if you and your spouse, of course, you may be very willing, takes two, so you don't have control over that either, but the decisions you two as parents make, at least you're having an input. It's really hard when the judge orders certain things uh, to be one way versus another, and you didn't get a say in that. And even if it's only temporary, it, it is difficult. And I think that, you know, for our listeners, you know, what Alyssa is saying is, is so very true. It may be difficult to try to come to agreement on some of these things. However, in the long run, it'll be worth it, particularly as it relates to children, because here in Florida, you're going to be going through this divorce about a year. 
I mean, at the end of the day, it may be nine months, but uh, nine to 12 months is going to be the average for the majority of people. And that's just our average, not the, you know, very contentious ones that can go on for multiple years and not the very, very amicable ones that they've got everything and ducks in a row and can be done much shorter. But, you know, to the extent you can have some of that participation and cooperation, um, I think is very important. And I do think that if that's what you want, you, you should express that to your attorney for sure. And likewise, if you're wanting to fight on everything, because that might not always be, and I know, and I'm really not poking fun because I think some people really believe that is the best way to go about the divorce, but you also need to share that with your attorney as well, because if you're not aligned back to the very beginning, you're not going to really feel as though uh, you were represented in the way you wanted, you know, because you, you, your, your goals weren't aligned with maybe the strategy that the attorney had, or the attorney maybe wasn't fully aware of that. Um, I do want to touch on mediation. Um, I know that it's not mandatory in, in all states. Um, and so in, I think, I believe in New York, you know, you, you can agree to go mediate a case, but you don't have to. No, um, you don't, you don't have to. In Florida, you do have to. And it's a good thing because the majority of cases resolve um, in mediation. Um, and I, I would, I would be interested if that's what your research and, and your work has shown as well, Alyssa, with mediation. Yeah, I know. I know people who've done mediation and have very positive experiences. One, that and the collaborative process keeps you in control because once you get into that courtroom and there's a judge, no, you're just rolling the dice and you better hope that the court rules in your favor. So by doing mediation and collaborative, one, you always have a voice in that room when, you, when you're with that person, uh, that being, let's say, the mediator. And people have to understand the mediator is not on your side. It's not on the other sides. Uh, it's not on your spouse's side. They are there to help you both resolve the issues. And so you have to go in with an open mind. Remember, if you're both going to fight over, let's say, the painting in the dining room table I made reference to, it's going to be more expensive for your lawyer to argue about it than you saying, you know what? It's a great painting. It means more to my spouse. And you know what? I just saw one in Home Goods that I love even better. Let them have it. You have to learn in the best way possible have, how to let go so you can move on and move forward. With mediation, I'm going to go back to that list. You should go and, again, make make take a piece of paper and three columns. What are the things you really, really, really want to have? What are the things you know your spouse is going to really ask for? And what are the things, walk around the house, take a notebook, I mean, everything from the silverware to the entrance table to, to, I don't know, the area rugs, every little thing. And what do you think or what do you know that the two of you can compromise on? That's fine. They could have that if I could have this. It really helps the mediation process go a lot more smoothly and tell your spouse to do it too. Listen. I'm willing to go to mediation. At some point, we're going to have to divide all the stuff here. Why don't you take the house this day, walk around, make a column, things you want. I'll make my column. And you know what? You may go in there and a lot of things in their, in their column may not be in yours. Boom, we can work that out. But if you go in there with the, I'm going to leave my anger at the door. I'm going to conduct this like a business meeting and just get it done. You will. 
And then you don't have to be haggling with lawyers and the courts and everything for years and years and years where you always feel like you're getting dragged back in. You can get this done. And again, I'm going to say the words all the time. You can move forward. And that's what people want. They want to write that chapter. And take control of your life and move forward. Yes. Um, Lastly, Alyssa, uh, we do have to wrap up. It's been a great show today, but um, we have come to the end of our show. But before we go, if you can impart on our listeners uh, one thing you have learned about divorce um, and women uh, throughout your journey um, as a divorce journalist. I think people used to tell me all the time that the sun would shine again and I would cry thinking, no, it's not. It's all doom and gloom. And the day that I'm going to cry, the day that I signed um, my divorce papers, I just happened to like leave my attorney's office. Not only was the sun shining, but when I got in my car, I just happened to turn it on. And the only song that came on the radio was, I can see clearly now that the rain is gone. See, I cried. It was such a defined moment for me. And um, I think what I've done with something so horrible and turned it into what it is now, I became a role model for my kids. And my kids will say, we're surrounded by divorce, but it's because mommy's teaching divorce. And anytime they have friends that are going through divorce, they always say, you got to call my mom. My mom is here to help. Mm -hmm. And so my advice to everybody was, yes. It can be something that's really bad at some point, but you can turn it and make it a beautiful story. You have the power to do what you want with your life. You dictate your life and how you want it to look is up to you. Marie Osmond once told me when I interviewed her years ago before um, I filed for divorce, you know, she said to me, life's not meant to be fair, but it's what you do with it that makes you who you are. And that's what people need to remember. And so I say that especially to women that, you know, who are you? Ask yourself that. And, you know, I always say to my kids, you know, in life, you have one of two options. My suggestion, take the better of the two. And, 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 you know, what is that option? Who are you? What do you want to be? And I have seen so many women, I would need years to tell you all the beautiful stories that I get all the time of women who've done amazing, amazing things with their lives. And it just, I I cry when I read these stories because it is so inspiring for me and to women everywhere. Well, thank you so much, Alyssa. And yes, the sun will shine again. I do think that is so very true and a wonderful thing to hold on to. Um, We've reached the end of our show. Thank you so much to my guest this week, Alyssa Panet. Um, and Alyssa, our oh, and for our listeners, sorry, uh, they can find you can find Alyssa at alyssapanitz.com. Um, that'll be in the show notes, uh, so you can link on that. And her radio show and podcast is called The Divorce Hour. And um, we will make sure you have all the information so you can find her, follow her, and listen to her wonderful tips and guidance through the divorce process. Again, thank you so much for joining us. And if you or someone you know is going through divorce or is thinking about a divorce, of course, reach out to us at FloridaWomensLawGroup.com or join, join our Facebook group, Women Winning Divorce. And the link will be below in the episode description. And also, please leave us a five-star review if you found value in this episode today. Thank you for listening. Thank you for joining me for this episode of Women Winning Divorce. My goal is to elevate your life and the way you are thinking so that you are best equipped to win at life. If you enjoy the show, please subscribe so you automatically get my new shows every week. 
and I would love to hear from you personally. Come join the conversation on social and join our Facebook group, Women Winning Divorce. We welcome your comments and suggestions. We want to bring you content that helps move your life forward. Women Winning Divorce is the place for an elevated conversation on how women can thrive during times of adversity in order to live their best life.